Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. A few weeks ago, uh, June 3rd, as a matter of fact, on episode 120, we spoke with Molly Davis from the Libertas Uni- uh, Institute. She's the criminal justice policy analyst. And on that day, we looked through a list of potential proposals uh, which the Institute uh, may like to see uh, come to the arena of law enforcement. Well, now the Institute has commissioned a poll. And it asks Utahns, over a thousand of them, a number of questions. Uh, And if I'm honest, these results are are surprising in some of the responses given. And we, to help walk through these polling questions and the responses, we've uh, invited back onto the program Molly Davis, uh, criminal justice policy analyst with the Libertas Institute. Molly, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm, I'm happy to uh, have a chance to speak with you again, and I'm fascinated by these uh, these results. So tell us very basically uh, what your objectives were going in and your methodology, and then we'll get to the content of the polling. Yeah, well, as you know, we work on a lot of police and criminal justice reforms. We've worked on these things for many years, and, you know, right now it's an interesting political climate among all the protests um, with some of the police deaths we've seen and we wanted to know, you know, have things changed for Utahns, especially being a red wing, primarily Republican state and legislature. Um, we wanted to see where, where people's thoughts were at um, regarding police reform. So as you said, we, we hired an independent polling firm to call over a thousand Utahns by the phone. And um, we had some pretty astounding results as far as very large support for um, police transparency and accountability um, in terms of policy reforms for for the state. Give it, give us the give us the like the political ideology and the demographic breakdown of of this sample group of yours. Yeah, they it was pretty split between um, between Republicans and Democrats um, and and among different age age demographics. We found uh, we're trying to you know obviously get a broad. Um, get a broad take. We we found that you know seventy four percent of Utahns said they don't think police should be able to use no knock warrants. Ninety percent think police officers um, proven to use excessive force against an individual should be subject to mandatory decertification or suspension. So some of those like more um, pointing questions we expected. You know, I guess Republicans to have less support for some of those measures, but it wasn't true. The both sides. Um, supported a lot of the objectives we put in there. So, yeah, again, this is very pointed towards police reform and some of the things that we were trying to push already, such as, um, you know, restricting no-knock warrants and having um, more requirements for body cams worn by police officers and, and things like that. 
You had a uh, question five on this survey of yours it deals with uh, an issue of perception. The, the question reads, people of color are, well, the, the, the way these questions are framed is uh, a statement is made and then these, the, the subjects of the poll, the, the individuals on the phone respond whether or not they strongly agree, somewhat agree, somewhat disagree and strongly disagree. And so this statement was put towards uh, those being asked, people of color are disproportionately negatively affected by the criminal justice system in Utah. I was surprised to see uh, how fairly evenly split that was. How do you interpret those results? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely mixed opinions on minorities are treated by the justice system, but we know the facts, you know, they're concerning. Um, as of this weekend, nearly 10% of inmates in the Salt Lake County Jail are black, but black people only make up about 1.5% of the state's population. Um, and that came from the Salt Lake County uh, dashboard. Anyone can look it up. It's on the sheriff's website. And so, you know, the, the opinions, I'm not sure because the facts kind of disagree a little bit with that as far as who's actually being incarcerated and jailed for things. Um, if, but, if incarceration is the measure. Yeah, I guess. In terms of, in terms of perception, I'd argue that, that, that simply looking at incarceration rates, that's probably a narrow review. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have to look at way more at police interaction and uh, a broad number of things. The problem is a lot of these things aren't um, necessarily recorded. We don't have a ton of data um, on police interaction, you know, day to day with, uh, I guess, people to determine it on the color of their skin. And so, I guess, yeah, it does come down to how it's perceived. And um, as you said, there's kind of a kind of a split there, which is interesting. Well, what do you do next? With, with survey results like this, what does an institute like yours do? Do you present them to law enforcement? Do you interact with lawmakers? What do you do with such stuff like this? Yeah, a little bit of everything. I mean, we have sent our results to a number of lawmakers, especially if they're involved in the justice um, committees, such as the law enforcement committees, um, criminal justice committees. But we also are talking to law enforcement as well, the Fraternal Order of Police, certainly, and POST, the Peace Officer Standards and Training, um, and the Sheriff's Association. We want to involve them in the conversation because moving forward, it's critical to, you know, to have them um, have their voice be heard as we talk about these policies and move forward, especially come January. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of conversations between now and then when the legislative session happens so that once we do push forward policy, we'll make sure it's, it's smart, well-rounded, and we have um, a number of different uh, viewpoints heard, and especially stakeholders like police themselves. Thank you. Uh, there is, there's, I want to ask you about one last question from the polling, and it has to do with resource officers in schools. Resource officers are individuals that we don't hear mentioned too often. They don't make headlines. Uh, they're not uh, often, you know, the center of stories that are being covered. Uh, most schools, you know, you know the resource officer. Uh, he or she usually a friendly folk, a friendly individual, friendly officer, and all. Uh, and yet, uh, it seems like there is. Uh, some strong attitudes against having them uh, uh, posted in schools uh, all day long. Anything about that surprise you? I think there has been kind of opinion that we shouldn't be uh, criminalizing children. Um, and I think that the perception is that when you have a school resource officer who is, by state law, a police officer, you know, with a badge and a gun positioned among all those kids, um, you know, the, the kids will 
or the, the teachers may use them to enforce some of the rules um, instead of, I guess, the traditional method before we mm-hmm. start util- utilizing police officers in this way. And some view it as a safety concern. They, they're comfortable having a, a police officer, you know, to, to potentially protect the school from any threats or intruders. But um, I think there's definitely some concern there. It's the to how we're using police officers in schools and if it's if it's the correct um, form of, of penalty when, when things do arise. Um, so, you know, should we be getting kids involved in the criminal justice system at such a young age and is this appropriate in schools? Something that's definitely going to be explored, I think, and we might even see some legislation on that, too. Fascinating. Uh, Molly Davis. Criminal Justice Policy Analyst at the Libertas Institute. Thank you for your work here. Thanks for explaining to us this new poll, uh, which you have released just today. New poll of results on police reforms here in the state of Utah. Thank you again. Thank you.